0: We've got tyranny everywhere, folks, and it's getting worse and worse and worse, so uh, good day, Christian Israel, good day, Michael, good day, people in the chat room, and uh, all those Israelites in the world who do not yet know they are Israelites. We're hoping to bring you into the fold because the Judgment Day is coming fast. It's coming fast, folks, so we have to be ready. And the reason why we're doing this millennial study today, and we we tried to do it last week, but we had problems with connectivity in central Missouri, and we just couldn't do the show. We were just losing connection constantly during that attempt to broadcast. But hopefully we're good to go. And uh, I'm just going to put right away this article – hold on, I have to repost it here – which we're going to do first, and then we'll get back into the uh, the millennial study that I have posted on the web. So uh, have you got that article up?
1: Yes. On uh, the, is the, uh, what is the first resurrection? What is the second resurrection?
0: Right, yeah. Okay, uh, go ahead and dive into that, and we'll discuss that first. And then we'll get into the fallacy of millennialism right afterwards. So I have to post that in the, in the chat room so people uh, can access it as well. Okay.
1: Okay. So this is a, quote, uh, a posted question. It said, what is the first resurrection? What is the second resurrection? And the answer given here is this. Daniel 12.2 summarizes the two very different uh, fates facing mankind. Quote, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, um, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt, end of quote. Everyone will be raised from the dead, but not everyone will be share the same destiny. The New Testament reveals uh, the further details of a separate resurrection for the just and the unjust. Revelations 24-6 mention a, quote, first resurrection, end of quote, and identifies those involved as, quote, blessed and holy, end of quote the second death uh, the lake of fire in revelations 2014 has no power over these individuals the first resurrection, then is the raising uh, of all believers it uh, corresponds with Jesus teachings of the quote resurrections of the just and no quote and that is Luke 1414 14, and the resurrection of life John 529 <laughs> are you there
0: Okay. Christ himself. okay, hold on, hold on. You just yes. dro- you just dropped out totally yeah, for a second there. Okay, but I was going to comment on the end of that second paragraph. Are you hearing me okay?
1: Uh, I am.
0: You. You're good, because uh, somehow you dropped right. out, and we didn't hear you get into that next paragraph. But uh, let me just quickly comment here. The importance of this answer is that the author does not place the millennium at a time after the uh, casting of the beast and the false prophet into the lake of fire, okay? The, the person here is arguing, as we have been arguing, that this is a reference to the martyrs of the what we point, point out as the martyrs of the persecution by the Roman Catholic Church against so-called heretics. Okay, so we can keep this in mind as we actually uh, discuss the actual passages involved in uh, Revelation chapter 20. Okay, so let me repeat here. Revelation 20 verses 4 through 6 mentions a first resurrection and identifies those involved as blessed and holy. The second death, the lake of fire, Revelation 2014, has no power over these individuals. So these people, the author is saying, they have lived and died already, okay? And they're waiting for the, uh, the what he calls the second resurrection, although it doesn't really mention a second resurrection. It does, uh, he says correspond with the resurrection of the just of Luke 14.14 and the resurrection of life in John 5.29. So in John 5.29, Yahshua clearly states that everybody will be resurrected and some to eternal life, and others to eternal damnation, okay? This totally conflicts with the manby-pamby Christianity that says that everybody will be forgiven their sins and everybody will go into heaven, right? This absolute nonsense that is taught by many Judeo-Christians, okay? So, so far, so good. So far, the whoever answered this question is pretty much in agreement with what we in Identity
1: teach. Back to you. Thank you. So, yeah. the first resurrection uh, take place in various stages. Jesus Christ himself, uh, the, fir- uh, the first fruits in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty, 20 paved the way for the resurrections of all who believe in him. There will be the resurrection of, quote, the dead in Christ, end of quote, uh, at the Lord's return. And that is 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Uh, and the resurrection of the martyrs at the end of the tribulations, and that is Revelations 24.
0: Okay, so he agrees. Uh, he agrees that's the resurrection of the martyrs, not some future, you know, uh, resurrection of who knows who after a millennium. So he does not he does not agree with the post-trib millennium position at all, which is good. So I've been searching the internet for for authors who do not agree
1: with the post-trib millennium. Back to you. The Old Testament saints will also be raised at the end of the tribulation, and they are also part of the first res- resurrection.
0: And I agree with that. Yes. Everybody will be resurrected before the kingdom comes, right? For judgment. They will be resurrected for judgment. As John 5.29 clearly states... Everybody will be resurrected. Good and evil will be resurrected for the judgment, okay? And that occurs before the kingdom, not after the kingdom.
1: (laughs) All right, all right, back to you. And that is only a a, a pass or fail test. If you pass it, you pass it. If you fail, you fail. No more chance.
0: Yeah, so, and that's what the uh, Day of Atonement is all about. Because the Day of Atonement, the last year in which these feast days occur, the Day of Atonement, the fall feasts, that, that whatever year the, the judgment will occur, that will be your last chance to atone for your sins. Of course, this is primarily for the Israel people, because those feast days were given to us and to no other people. However, those, uh, as uh, Zechariah chapter 14 clearly states, those who are not of Israel will be uh, given, not eternal life, but but will be allowed to enter the kingdom, but they will have to participate in the Feast of Tabernacles after the kingdom happens. That's clearly what the book of Zechariah teaches. So, uh, in other words, those those races who are not of Israel will be allowed to live, but they, they will probably have extended lifetimes. They will not be given eternal life, but they will have a much better life in the kingdom than they have had up to now, and we all look forward to that. Okay, back to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay, Revelations 20, 12, 13 identifies those comprising the second resurrection as the wicked judged by God at the great white throne judgment. Prior to the uh, to being cast into the lake of fire.
0: There you he go. The there you go. Prior being to cast into the lake of fire. Okay. So he agrees that the, the description of, but it's not just the wicked. It's the resurrection of the wicked and the just to be judged accordingly. Okay. It's both. So and then, then please continue.
1: Uh, yes, so, the sec- second re- resurrection, then, is the raising of all unbelievers. The second resurrection is connected uh, to the second death. It corresponds with Jesus' teaching of the resurrection of damnation, and that is John five twenty nine.
0: Very good, very good.
1: Okay, but it's not all
0: I- believers. You know, the, That's Judeo-Christian talk. It's not all believers. Uh, this is all about Israel because we know... That the uh, great uh, temple that's coming down to the earth, not going up into heaven, has twelve gates for the twelve tribes of Israel, and one hundred forty-four thousand are you know, twelve thousand of each of the twelve tribes. So it's we Israelites who are given the authority to be in that temple, you know, which is here on earth, will be the government. Of the not just the planet Earth, but the government of the entire universe, with our
1: headquarters right here on Earth. Back to you. Yeah, and a question here then: How yeah. does the because Jesus teach? Yeshua teaches that I ready perform the hot, thing cold. But if you lukewarm, I spew you out. And the interpretation I made there is that the one that is lukewarm are the Judeo Christians, and then the one that is hot. I hope, pray that we are a bit hot. <laughs> and then yeah. we have the cold one. Could <laughs> right. they then be the um, the atheists that have made what is an intellectual they they, tr- yes. they they try to find out what is true and how does that fit in here how will the code yes. fit in in this one right
0: well we still have a few years left in my opinion not too many years but a few years left before this day of judgment occurs and the the lukewarm are the Judeo-Christians okay uh, those people especially those who believe in the rapture and those who think think they can merely believe in Jesus and be saved. You know, that's absolute nonsense. And that is is pre-millennium sabotage of the gospel, okay? Because Yahshua clearly says the lukewarm will be spewed out of his mouth. He will dislike them to such a great extent that he will actually vomit them out of his mouth. So that leaves the ones who are cold and the ones who are hot. Well, we in identity are the ones who are hot, right? We're ready. We're ready for the Judgment Day, right? But the cold are primarily the white nationalists who have been given a false view of the gospel, but they know that the Jews are not God's chosen people. And so uh, we we are attempting to reach those, and I, I can tell you there are a lot of people in the white nationalist movement who are taking identity more and more seriously. And once they understand that the Jews are not Israelites, and that's a false presentation of the Old Testament and, of course, the New Testament as well, then they begin to see what's really happening. And yes, they hate the Jews because they know how evil they are, but then they also wake up to the fact that they've been fooled by them when they teach today are God's chosen people and they really aren't. So those are the cold. So this is why Yeshua says, I would rather be, you be cold or hot. If you be lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Okay. That's how I see it anyway. Okay.
1: Okay. And I also believe that the cold ones can make an argument. They have thought about this. They really have thought about it, but they maybe... ...was misplayed or they were... Yeah, something, but still, they did, and they were honest with themselves.
0: Right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they knew that the Jews are evil. They know that the Jews are evil, but they've been taught by the Judeo-Christian world and by the Jews themselves that they are God's chosen people, Israel. Once they are disabused of that illusion and that false teaching then they can come to see the historicity of the Bible and the the, the prophetic import of the Bible, okay? So there is fertile ground there is what I'm trying to say. There is fertile ground for bringing those Israelites uh, into the fold, okay? Back to you.
1: Thank you. So the event which divides the first and second resurrection seems to be the millennial kingdom, the last of the righteous are raised to reign with Christ a thousand years. Revelations 24. But the rest of the dead, that is, the wicked, lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Revelation 25. Okay. So, yeah. Great, did you really, uh, yeah. Go, go great,
0: ahead. Okay. Go ahead and finish that. The because that's the last paragraph. Go ahead and finish
1: it. Yeah. So. What a great rejoicing will attend the first resurrection. What great anguish at the second. What the responsibility we have to share the gospel. Quote, and other save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. End of quote. And that is Jude 23.
0: Okay, so... This author does not place the millennium after the Judgment Day, and that is correct. It's not to be placed after the Judgment Day because he understands that uh, a lot of the martyrs, which were you know, executed by the Roman Catholic Church and by others because the, the uh, what do you call it, the uh, Protestant Churches, the Anglican Church, and the, uh, who is the Jew, Cohen, the Calvinist Church, executed a lot of heretics as well. Okay, so those peoples were were having their heads chopped off during that millennium. Okay, so the, this and a lot of the false teachers of the millennium pl- say that it's a millennium of peace. Well, you can't get any peace out of the millennium that is being described in Revelation chapter twenty. It's, it's just not there. Okay, so I think we're correct in putting this millennium before the great judgment that th- this author just talked about, all right? So this is very good. So the, the last of the righteous are raised to reign with Christ a thousand years, and, but that thousand years has already happened before the judgment day during the uh, era of persecution, that thousand years of persecution, okay? So let's go back to the fallacy of millennialism, and I put the links in the chat room. And pick it up at the, uh, it's, uh, let's see, about a quarter of the way down, the Millennium and the Day of Judgment. And I'll turn it over to you, and, you know, just read as far as you please, and then you'll turn it over to me, okay?
1: Okay, so, this is the Millennium and the Day of Judgment. The Millennium under discussions is in chapter 19, continuing on to chapter 20, where the beast... And the false prophets are cast into the lake of fire. But first we have to identify this pair of beings, the beast and the false prophets, in order to distinguish them from the dragon. We confront these two entities earlier in Revelation chapter 16. And this is number 12 until 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garment. lest he walk naked, and they sh- see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And my question here, Eli, when I read this, is they are referring to the kings of the east. What is that reference to? Are you still there? Okay, mm-hmm. I continue.
0: Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, I accidentally muted my mic. So, okay, so yeah, I got your question, and uh, yeah, the kings of the east are can be both the uh, leaders of Israel. Okay, because there was, uh, the, there's also the prophecy, well, this is it, where the, and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So it's interesting that the Euphrates River just dried up, <laughs> okay? And uh, that uh, it exposed a lot of monuments that have been flooded. So th- these monuments need to be, uh, examined okay so but uh, on the other hand uh, up until this time the way of the kings of the east was uh, I I perceive because the Bible says that uh, these waters these rivers are migrations of peoples okay because in the book of revelation the uh, migrations are, are people uh, the the rivers are are migrations of people and the seas are populations of people. Okay? This is how we interpret the book of Revelation. So uh, these are migrations, but we see here that the the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet already make their appearance in Revelation chapter sixteen, not just chapter nineteen. So who is the dragon? Well the dragon is Satan, okay, as clearly defined in, in scripture. And the beast is the, the reigning beast, which is the eighth beast, the international banking system of the House of Rothschild. And the false prophet is false religion, false Christianity, Judeo-Christianity. right? So this is how we are to interpret this. And none of the Judeo-Christian an- analysts of the book of Revelation understand who the beast and the false prophet are. Why? Because they are the false prophet, and they're subject to the beast. So they're not going to expose their masters, and they don't even understand who their masters are, namely the international bankers, right? And so these two are going to be cast into the lake of fire at the Battle of Armageddon. There's no doubt about it. They're they're the ones, they're the evil ones who have made a compact, a covenant with death along with the beast of uh, mystery Babylon. Okay? So, and then when Yahshua comes, he will come as a thief in the night. And he says, blessed are those that watch and keep their garments, that is their garments of righteousness, lest they walk naked and they see... Their shame. Okay, so do you think that those who believe in the rapture are watching carefully for the
1: judgment day? No, they no. are too comfortable. They're are too much much luxury, and too much luxury creates weak men.
0: That's right, and women. <laughs> yeah. And and he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue. Armageddon so we see the Arm Armaged- the Battle of Armageddon uh, is actually part of the judgment day okay and that will occur that's actually part of casting the, the the drag sorry the beast and the false prophet into the lake of fire. So this prepares us for the judgment of those two entities but the dragon will be judged also. At this point in time, but it's just telling us the first two that f- uh, are cast into the lake of fire are the beast and the false prophet, and then the dragon will follow them in short order. Okay, back to you.
1: Yeah, then if I make something, maybe new, now you can correct me if I'm wrong here with those three entities that are leading the earth toward, uh, to fight against God Almighty. That is when Joshua yes. returns. I would leave like this the dragon, and if we first start with the beast. Could that be the governments of the world?
0: For sure, because the Rothschilds have created a world government called the United Nations. Yeah. And and that is – yeah, go ahead.
1: Sorry. And then we have these false prophets. That's the Judeo-Christian churches. That's right. That could also be the Catholic church. That's uh, the uh, satanic, demonic church.
0: Yeah. Every church, for example, here in the United States – you have the 501c3 corporate churches who are not allowed to teach against the Jews, who are not allowed to teach against homosexuality or transgenderism or any of that uh, (laughs) abominations of Mystery Babylon, right? These are abominations, and even Chuck Baldwin has come out and stated that these are the abominations of Mystery Babylon, so there are a few others besides us in identity who understand that these are the abominations, and he rejects the 501c3 corporate state. Okay, So any church that is a uh, subject to the 501c3 uh, corporate church status, which makes them beholden to the IRS and not to the true gospel,
1: these are part of the false prophet. Okay. Yeah. What? And then finally, then, the dragon for me is the Jewish people with the House of Rothschild as their, what do you say, their figure.
0: Right. And of course, the, the, uh, Antichrist, the, the spirit of Antichrist that leads them. Okay. So, uh, so how can you have a, a thousand years of peace if the dragon, well, let's put it this way. If the dragon has not yet been cast into the lake of fire, or, if he does not have all his minions, namely the Jews, to uh, instruct during that after that thousand years of peace, you know that just doesn 't make any sense because his minions, the uh, beast and the false prophet, have already been cast into the lake of fire, and you don 't get out of the lake of fire, that means total destruction all right so again we 're just trying to point out the logical inconsistencies. Of the post-millennium rapture doctrine, a post-millennium uh, you know um, doctrine of the millennium that uh, most of these Judeos teach. All right, back to you.
1: Okay, thank okay. you. So now yep. let's continue with the article. Um, so I repeat: nowhere in the Bible is there any hint of two judgment days, but the post-triple millennialist. ...are a logical force to assert a judgment day for the beast and false prophets with all of their minions... ...plus a judgment day for the minions of Gog and Magog a thousand years later. This thousand year, hiatus between two judgment events, is the inherent flaw of millennialism... Of course, these millennialists totally ignore the fact that the Gog and Magog scenario is part of the equation. If they wish to argue for a chronological interpretation of Revelations 19 and 20, then they have to be consistent and account for all of these facts, not just those they wish to include. Okay, so the
0: scenario of Gog and Magog occurs later in Revelation 20. But we know that Gog and Magog are part of the beast system, right? Those are the Khazar Jews, the incredibly evil Khazarian mafia. But they are the beast. They are part of the beast. They created the beast, right? So they have to be cast into the lake of fire before this millennium that, you know, the, post, uh, the, the post-judgment the post day millennialists believe in, all right? So... How can they survive this millennial period if they are part of the beast? Okay.
1: No. Uh, yeah. If, if they part of the beast, then the beast is thrown into the lake of fire, so they yeah. can't survive it.
0: Right. And all of the Judeo-Christian denominations, and uh, basically, let me put it this way, Michael, that the Antichrist is clearly defined for us in First John two twenty-two, and in the you know epistles of John those short epistles, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, where the Antichrist is defined as anybody who does not believe that Yahshua is the Son of God and they do not believe in Yahweh. Okay? He who has not the Son hath not the Father. That is spirit of Antichrist. Well, the first thing that pops up to us is the Jews who do not believe in Yahshua, period. All right, so these, these entities will be cast into the lake of fire. All we're waiting for now is for the dragon to be cast in the lake of fire with them. All right, let's
1: continue. So, in my uh, thorough study of all the prophecies in the book of Revelation, and then it's a link here, I have identified chapter 16 as a flash forward to the end times. Chapter, chapter 16 refers to events which occur prior to and up to the judgment day. The apocalyptic succession of beasts. A major plot of Revelation is 1. Egypt. 2. Syria. 3. Babylon. 4. Media Persia. 5. Greece. 6. Rome, imperial Rome, received the deadly wound, paving the way for the papal Rome to take its place. Seven, Napoleon. And finally, eight, the house of Rothschild and the empire of merchants. Only a handful of Bible scholars have ever even um, broached the subject of the eighth beast. And woefully few of these are Judeo-Christian theologians. Only identity theologians such as Howard B. Rand and Bert and Compare have successfully identified the eighth beast, mystery Babylon, Revelations 17:11. This is quite amazing, since John the Revelator devotes practically all of chapter 17 until 19 to call for descriptions of this last beast, which is the reincarnation of the ancient Babylonian debt usury system, of which the Federal Reserve system is a major component. These two chapters go into great detail describing the Empire of Merchants. The United Nations which is under the control of the Eighth Beast, the House of Rothschild, is also part of this vision. Right, so who created the United Nations? The the Rothschild. The Rothschilds, right?
0: And is this not part of Gog and Magog, the House of Rothschild? By the way, every year on November fourteenth, in the city of London, or I should have put the banking district of the city of London, the Rothschilds parade their wicker statues of Gog and Magog down the main drag, the main avenue of the banking district. Can you believe it, Michael?
1: They bragging that they are Ma- they are Gog and Magog.
0: That's they're telling us who they are, right?
1: Which is There's actually. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but not so many sees it or want to see it or right. are interesting to see. They don't care. They're yeah. pathetic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And all the ancient, uh, even pre-Muslim Arabs described uh, Gog and Magog as the Khazarian Jews. They understood oh. that they were the Khazarian Jews. And they, and, uh, in Arabic, it's juj majuj, Right. So, I mean, this knowledge has been around for centuries, but the Judeo-Christians are not interested in it. Why? Because they're 501c3 corporations, and they believe that Jews are God's chosen people. How can you understand Revelation if you falsely identify Israel therein as the Jews? No, you can't. So, this prevents the 501c3 Corporation and all Judeo-Christian theologians from recognizing who this beast is. Who the beast is. And because they are part of the false prophet entity, they won't recognize who the false prophet is. And, you know, they agree that the dragon is Satan, but they don't agree that the Jews are their children on this earth. So, they're all
1: confused. They're totally confused. Back to you. Thank you. So, while the apocalyptic succession of beasts below follow, each other in chronological order throughout the pages of history and Bible prophecy, only one of these beasts exists during the period of the end times. That is, the eighth beast, the half of the war child, um, which is the reigning beast of this trib- uh, tribulation period. The, this beast also symbolized the Babylonian debt usury system, which has reemerged upon the historical scene, although few Bible interpreters ha- make this connection, since they do everything possible to avoid uh, implicating the Jews as one of the beasts.
0: Okay, so here is a major crisis of biblical scholarship, since they falsely identify the Jews with Israel, they'll never you know, give the Jews the blame for this global banking system, which has enslaved the entire planet. Is that too far reaching a statement, Michael?
1: No, it's, but that's what they have. I mean it's only I think it's what it is. It is two nations that still doesn't have a have a Rothschild controlled bank. Is it Iran and probably Syria? Yeah. Everybody may, else is under their, their their heel.
0: And maybe South Korea. Maybe South Korea. But nevertheless, all these countries do business with the Rothschild banking system, whether they want to or not. Okay? They just don't have uh, they have they don't have a legalized usury system like virtually every country on the face of the earth. Besides, them does okay. So, don't these Judeo Christians understand that lending upon usury is forbidden in the Bible? They are New Testament Christians. They haven't read it. <laughs> right, that's true. They haven't read it. Okay, so you can understand what great delusion the world is under in these end times when they falsely believe that the Jews are Israel. It's a major understanding you have to overcome or, you know, accept in order to understand the Bible and the book of Revelation in particular. You have to understand that the Jews are not Israel, that we are Israel, and, well, for example, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, which clearly states, and it's a the Bible is all about Israel. It's not about the Jews. The Jews are the enemies of Israel. Where it says the 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 uh, entity within you, the people within you, shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to them. Okay. Now, since you know, how how would you analyze that statement, Michael?
1: Uh, take it one more time, so I can. Yes,
0: yeah. Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight states that the enemy within you will lend to you,
1: but you will not lend to them. Yeah, I mean that's the enemy within you because they live in our nations. They're yes. always been following us around, and now they are the one lending to us, but we we not to them. So enemy yeah. within us. My interpretation is that they because they have infiltrated all Western civilizations, yes, in all of the world, I would say. That's you got how it. I would
0: it. You got it. Now, question: Are the Israelis in that stinking country called Israel? Are do they have people infiltrating their country, lending money to them? No. No. Okay. <laughs> so it's obvious who they are. They're the ones lending to us. We are Israel, and the Jews are the money lenders. You know, just as uh, Jesus Christ, Yahshua Messiah, fashioned a whip. With his own hands and use it to drive the moneylenders out of the temple, he will do so again at the second coming, folks. That's what's gonna
1: happen. Back to you, Michael. Okay, I will read this one down and then I leave it to you. Okay. So, the false prophet is easy identified. It is specific reference to false religions, especially as personified in Judaism and Judeo Christianity. Both of these religious ideologies prophesy falsely about the meaning of scripture in the end times. Um, And um, the Catholic Church is a major part of the uh, the false prophets entity. I include universalism and and, uh, ecumenism as being part of the false prophet as these latter, latter two and heretical uh, uh, doctrines are shared by numerous misguided denominations. The false prophet is false religion issuing false statements about script- scriptural prophecy.
0: Okay, stop this right there. Sorry. How much of that do we have today?
1: Oh, we are flooded by
0: it. Flooded by it. And just so Rabbi Khan. From, uh, from Yiddistan, <laughs> we just came up with a new word in the chat room, Yiddistan. It's all false teaching, all of it. It's all fake. It's all fake, fake, fake. The world has been deceived mightily by this false prophet of false religion, which includes Judaism. Judaism is part of the false prophet as well. Back to you.
1: Yeah, and I guess also that is why those cold people have left the church, because they only hear this, yeah, Judeo-Christianity. They just sh- shake their heads.
0: Yes, yes. And it just includes uh, what's called Messianic Christianity, which accepts the Jews as God's chosen people, Israel. Yet, still pretends to believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, but the Jews totally reject Jesus Christ. They they don't believe in him at all. I mean just go just go online and you know Google in there why do Jews reject Jesus? Just type that in into your browser and they will give you the reasons why they reject him. Yet these Messianic Christians believe that uh, well number one, they believe that uh, the Bible says there will be a third temple built. But then they accept the idea that the Jews will reinstitute animal sacrifice once they have this third temple built. Is this not blasphemy and rejection of Yahshua Messiah's sacrifice for us?
1: Oh, yeah, but that's what they always do. They want to blaspheme him, they want to mock him, they want to, yeah. to make his sacrificial, I don't know, null and void or something like that.
0: Yeah, well, this shows the, the utter lack of scriptural wisdom by these Mes- so-called Messianic Christians. They're not, they're clueless. How can you possibly accept a third temple which reinstitutes animal sacrifice and accept uh, the one and only sacrifice that Paul talks about, of Messiah. Uh, Yeah, it it just is absolute nonsense what these Messianic Christians believe. Back to you.
1: Um, This would certainly include Judaism and all of the Judeo-Christian denominations, for they have swallowed Jewish lies like hungry fish. Islam, Hinduism and Buddhism would also fall under this umbrella because they do not accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And over to you. Yes, and, but I've recently discovered
0: that even the Quran uh, considers Yahshua Messiah to be a prophet. It's stated right in the, in the Quran. So, uh, you know, we have, but nevertheless, they still reject him because, number one, they practice a lunar calendar, (laughs) right? And because they downplay Yahshua and accept Muhammad as the one and only prophet, and they have a different God, right? Period. They have a different God, Allah. So, anyone who does not accept Yahshua Messiah as the one and only Son of God is an Antichrist. I mean, this is what the Bible says. So, We have to take a hard line on this because that's what the Bible says. We're not going to fudge the the prophecies in order to placate the unbelievers, right? We're just you know, this is the fate that awaits them because they are antichrists, period, okay? So, and here it is, 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? or that Yahshua is the Messiah. So anyone who denies that Yahshua is the Messiah is a liar. Now, with an understanding of who the beast and the false prophet are, let us now reconsider Revelation 19, verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bound, both small and great. So this is going to be a feast for the, uh, the birds not, well, maybe even birds of prey, but certainly those birds like, uh, l- like crows and uh, you know, others that eat the, uh, eat roadkill, right. <laughs> the birds that eat roadkill and they just consume the bodies of dead animals lying around. And this includes men now. This is telling us that there is going to be such a huge slaughter of men, of humanoids, that these birds will be feasting on their bodies at the judgment day. Okay? Not a pleasant sight, folks. Verse 19. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse, that is, Yahshua Messiah, the white horse in these end times, and against his army. Verse 20. And the beast that was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. What's that mark of the beast, Michael? The vaccines. The vaccines, absolutely. And them that worshipped his image, these were both cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So... Some of them them are going to be cast alive. The first three verses are describing a great slaughter, because this is part of the Judgment Day. And then even the living will be cast into the lake of fire if they hadn't perished yet. Okay? So verse 21, And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Okay, so this is a great catastrophic slaughter, and the and the birds that eat, uh, like the buzzards, and uh, various fowl that eat dead meat laying on the ground, their their bellies will be full with the flesh of these people. So and so this is not one of those lovey dovey. <laughs> Lovey-dovey uh, prophecies that the Judeo Christians, you know, like Joel Osteen talk about, right? Yeah, we're all gonna, it's all going to be love, love, love.
1: No, it's not. No, no, no. absolutely not. They are false prophets Go ahead. That lead the sheep to the slaughter.
0: Right. Exactly. That's what that's what Joel Osteen and John Hagee and all the rest of them are doing. They're softening the Judeo-Christians up for the slaughter. That's what they're doing. Okay? Uh, am I a doom and gloomer for saying stuff like this?
1: No. No? This is the truth yeah. from the Bible, so how can it be? For someone that likes to be uh, kissed with a lie? Yeah, a lie, there you go. But the truth will slap you in the face.
0: Exactly. It's not going to be pretty for the unbelievers and for those Judeo Christians who are still following the beast and the false prophet. Right? It's you know they have to come out of that delusion before they can be even considered for eternal life in the kingdom.
1: All right. Yeah, but I have guessed it is more n- close to 99.9% that does that, or 90%. I don't know. It's a high it's, percent that do follow this beast.
0: Yeah, right. I don't think, well, but the Bible com- uh, completely is about the remnant, the remnant of the faithful Israelites. And there's always been precious few of those after every judgment period. Okay? Because Yahweh has has killed off many, many Israelites in the past, with various judgments because they refused to obey his laws, right? But always a remnant has survived into the future to build a new civilization such as Europe, okay? But then we've after we rebuild our civilization, then we fall into, we become fat and lazy, prosperous, we start uh, frequenting their whorehouses, uh, investing in the stock market where we get fleeced over and over again, right? And become materialistic and lose faith in Yahweh.
1: Okay? Yeah. That, and that's said before. I mean, all those abundance of luxury, of materialism.
0: That's right. Women,
1: whatever, that will create weak men. They're not men. They are boys. Because yes. They have, yeah. They are not strong. They are not uh, real men.
0: Right, right. And so we have, ev- everywhere we go, we're, we're lo- loaded with temptation. Look at the commercials that have white men and black women kissing each other. And, of course, white, uh, white, white women and black men kissing each other and uh, sitting on a couch as if uh, race-mixed couples are normal. You cannot watch television today without seeing a commercials like that. In between, you know, in the breaks of these various shows, it's omnipresent. Michael, we're being yeah. yeah go ahead.
1: Yeah, you're... for me, what you would just say? This is not temptation for me. It's for a black girl, It's not a temptation. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, keep me long away from it. <laughs> right,
0: but it's presented as being normal for the younger generation. Right. Yep. Who are this yep. is the, this is the new normal, right? along with the, the the clot shot is the new normal so since they control all media virtually except for uh, websites like ours, they don't control our website and they have tried to take us off the air on several occasions but they haven't succeeded. Uh, you know we're one of the few that presents the truth. Which cuts through all of the propaganda, but the good news is Michael, there are more and more such websites appearing who uh, do not believe the Jews are God's chosen and who are white nationalist in orientation, and even the ex let say the ex journalists of mass media are creating their own websites counter uh, contradicting. Mass media. These types of websites are popping up all over the place, and I would say they're actually dominating the the internet at this point in time. There's so many of them. Even YouTube is allowing people who deny that the Jews are God's chosen people. Can't think of a South African guy who teaches that, but they don't mention the word Jew, right? They just say, you know, they uh, hey they're allowing this i think youtube is frustrated at this point because there is so much of this material online they're they're hurting for viewers so they allow this type of material to just to gather viewers and then they will kick those guys off later right <laughs> okay so which shows that they're desperate the Jews are getting desperate okay so uh, there is, what's that song by Dylan, the, the chimes they are changing? Yes, they're changing in our favor again, folks. So uh, these are actually good signs. These are actually good signs. All right. So uh, where did I leave off, Michael?
1: <laughs> so the international banking empire of the House of Rothschild, the Eight Beast, and the twin set of false religions, Judaism and Judeo-Christianity, Stay together as the false prophets because of perverting God's holy word are are to be cast into the lake of fire. Now, ordinary being cast into the lake of fire should be considered the final end of these two beings, entities, as this implies total destruction. The problem of interpretation uh, for the post-tribe millennialist occur in chapter 20 which seems to suggest a second tribulation period, which would occur after 1,000 years when the dragon is released from its chains. Okay, so, uh,
0: so my comment on this is that since the beast and the false prophet, which are the minions of Satan here on planet Earth, since those have been removed from the scene and cast into the lake of fire, even if the dragon survives this 1,000 years, who will he deceive? And who will he use as his agents on this earth as agents of deception? They're gone. They're gone. Right? So that interpretation makes no sense. Back to you.
1: Yes. So let's proceed. Let's read. Um, so 1. He must be lucid, a little season.
0: Okay, so let's uh, let's assume that the post-trib millennial uh, idea is correct. The the beast and false prophet are no longer available for Satan to use as agents of manipulation. You know, let's harken back to uh, Judea, when the Edomites took control of, of Judah thanks to the Roman military. All right, so these Judean Edomites were the, the, let's say, the uh, Republicans and Democrats of the day, and they were ruling thanks to the Roman military presence. It was Antipater who bribed Julius Caesar, a great sum of money, to set his son Herod first as governor of Galilee and then the quote-unquote king of Judea, right, So these Edomites had made a bargain with the Romans for their uh, uh, combined dictatorship over the House of Judah in Judea. What do we have today, Michael?
1: Yeah, well, that was at that time. Now we instead had, instead of um, we have the Rothschilds financing all of the political systems. So all of the politics are horse. They are running. They are the tools of the. Rothschild, that's, everybody.
0: That's correct. So th- this this system of partnership of pol- between politicians and the money lenders is history being repeated. Okay, but uh, nobody looks at the you know, none of these Judeo Christian denominations want to look at historical paradigms which are being repeated today. They're not interested in history. So we have the materialists in the world who are only interested in money and personal wealth and personal security and having, if they can achieve it, a luxurious lifestyle, right? And the rest of us are beggars. And what this system does, it makes beggars even out of the rich. How many times has some Jewish scam artist uh, created a uh, a scam which deprives very wealthy people of their money, <laughs> you know? It was just, who was the recent Jewish uh, scam artist who, who scammed even his own people, right? Uh, it, it happens time and time again, but the mass media doesn't identify the scam artists as the Jews that they are. Why? Yes,
1: the FDX, you mean. The FDX, the CEO.
0: Yes, that one. And then uh, there was... Uh, Uh, Oh, I can't remember his name. There was another Jewish scam artist about 10 years ago who scammed the world with not just millions, billions of dollars being scammed from investors. It happens time and time again, and it's always a Jew that does it, okay? So we have a Pharisaical government, right? And we have our, even our own people cooperating with them, but ultimately being victimized by this Pharisaical government. And the Judeo Christians simply do not understand it is a Pharisaic government, okay? Jewish government. They don't understand it. Okay. So, uh, so uh, this uh, this interpretation only seems to suggest a post judgment tribulation or a thousand year post millennial period. Okay, ba-
1: back to you, Michael. Yes, thank you. So, now, since these verses fall on the heels of the uh, prose of chapter 19, everyone assumes that chapter 20, verses 1-3, is a chronological continuation of the story in chapter 19. But few Judeo-Christians into have read their ap- apocalyptical carefully enough to understand that this apocalyptic apocalypticus is composed of several ongoing plots and subplots, the seven church ages announced the first major plot. The seven beasts and the eighth beast uh, listed above combine to make another major plot. And this plot is um, revised. Uh, oh,
0: sorry. Is, uh, it's a typo there. It should say a revisited subplot. Okay.
1: Ah, revisited it, subplot. It,
0: it's revisited many times throughout the apocalypse.
1: Back to you. Um, which occur three or four times in various chapters. You have to read each chapter carefully to see if one of these plots or subplots is being uh, revisited. Generally speaking, the apocalyptical is a pro- prophetic um, chron- uh, chronograph of history, but this chronograph is repeatedly interrupted by these other themes. So it is important to keep these themes separated from one another and not to mix them up with the uh, chronograph um, when these themes are recited, the chronograph is inter- interrupted several times in different chapters uh, of apocalyptic uh, Ap- uh, apocalypticus. The beast of the false prophets also combined to make uh, make a, uh,
0: okay. Something's missing here. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's something missing here. I'll have to revisit this anyway. So, uh, and this is what confuses so many people that they they don't realize that the the seven the seven beasts the empire of the seven beasts is repeated in various places in the script in the, in the apocalypse in the apocalypse so if you don't understand that this is a reference to the above stated Egypt Assyria Babylon, Medes and Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, Napoleon, and ultimately the Rothschilds being the eighth beast. You don't understand if you don't understand that uh, it's it's telling us what it's telling us there is that there was an empire of moneylenders ruling every one of these eight beasts throughout history. Okay, and until you appreciate that. You can't interpret the book of Revelation properly, okay? So here's basically how it fell out. The first beast, Egypt, created a, an empire through, and this is why the uh, harlot, there's a harlot that sits on top of these eight beasts, you know? There's a harlot. What is this harlot? What does harlotry have to do with banking and money lending? Well, as it turns out, in Egypt, the priesthood had a temple of prostitution, okay? The priestesses of this temple of, of prostitution were, were harlots, prostitutes. They were harlots. And as the uh, camel caravans, caravans passed through Egypt, unloading their goods and selling their goods, A lot of these uh, caravanners would use the services of this temple of prostitution and pay the priests, because the priests were, uh, what do you call them, pimps. The priests were actually pimps pimping out the prostitutes of the temple. Well, you can imagine how much gold and silver and other value they accumulated over the centuries of the Egyptian empire. It actually rivaled the pharaohs. Uh, wealth okay that's why there was a lot of strife between the pharaohs and the priests because they became as wealthy as the pharaohs and if the temp if the priest didn't like the pharaoh they could use their money to hire an army to unseat him which is has that happened in modern times <laughs> has that happened in modern times with the Rothschilds michael
1: um, yeah, they do it just in other, in other ways, those, uh, those harlots yeah. and whores. I mean, come on, if you, not to be a bit cynical, but if you don't abide the system, you will be pretty, pretty alone in this world, and I'm sorry if a witness of it. Right. You get very alone in this world.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, isn't that the entire, uh, let's say, gambling industry, which is not confined to Las Vegas, it's also the stock market, yeah, don't they use harlots to suck people into it to deprive them of their money? Right, that, that's how Las Vegas operates,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the same how the Rothschild operates and how Mossad operates. They yeah. have their honey, honey traps. Beautiful. There you go, the good,
0: good term, honey, the honey pot, right? So the bankers have always used the honey pot to number 1 draw clients into their banking operations and also to compromise them right the rothschilds did this uh, no it wasn't the Rothschilds. it was pre rothschild the bank of england was created in exactly this way when cromwell invaded england and, and reinstituted the, the jews as citizens of great britain what, what did these bankers, these Hollandish bankers, these Dutch bankers, what did they do? They used harlots to compromise the British lords in order to get them, uh, uh, well, compromised, for lack of a better word, uh, so that they, they would follow Jewish orders and get the, uh, get the Bank of England started. First of all, they chopped the head off of Charles I, then they used Charles II with harlots. They used a harlot, I forget her name, to uh, uh, to sleep with Charles II and get secrets out of him while she slept with him. She was in the service of the Jewish bankers, Michael. Okay. Yeah.
1: And that's exactly, I guess, how the honey traps of Mossad works. They want to keep secrets someone. Yeah. yeah well, a very beautiful girl, and
0: yeah. everything is done. And movie. how about William Clinton and uh, – what's her name? <laughs> what was the harlot that Jews
1: used to compromise him? Get states uh, – yeah. uh, Sarah – what was his name? Sarah yeah. – yeah. not Selinsky, but uh, –
0: Yeah, yeah uh, Mil- uh, Malinsky. Uh, Malinsky. Yeah. yeah. I can't re- remember her full name. Maybe somebody in the chat room. Uh, Monica Lewinsky.
2: Monica, yeah.
0: Monica Lewinsky. And the Jews used her to uh, finagle state secrets out of Bill Clinton. Mata Hari. Yep. Mata Hari. was Jewish. Okay? So they used Jewish whores and, and white whores primarily to compromise politicians and statesmen and business leaders. It's all harlotry. So this is the harlot that rides all these eight beasts throughout history. All right, that's how it works, folks. Back to you, Michael.
1: Yeah. Okay, should we then continue? Um, This is like a movie that tells several different stories at the same time. The movie cuts away from one story to another, giving us bits and pieces of each subplot, with all of the subplots um, converging uh, at the end of the story when all of these subplots fit into the big picture.
0: Okay, so now once you understand all the subplots and how all of these subplots combine to the grand finale called the Judgment Day, then you understand how the book of Revelation is structured. Okay? And no one outside of identity, except for Howard B. Rand and Bertrand Comperet and a few others, have understood how the book of Revelation is structured. This is key to understanding the book of Revelation. Back to you.
1: Yeah, nor do most Bible scholars understand that the book of Revelations contains flash-forwards and flashbacks. I explain this concept and, and truly document in the Revelation unfold. Understanding this, you will see that the entire content of chapter 16 is a flash-forward to the end times. Yeah,
0: it's all end-time language, but the end times haven't occurred yet. It's talking about what will happen, what will come to pass at the judgment day. Back to you.
1: Yes, so chapter 15 and 16 deals with seven last plagues, announcing them ahead of time and then describing in detail what it will be like when the plagues arrive. Chapter 15 announces the seven bowls which pour out the plages and then uh, digresses into um, description of Yahweh's heavenly throne. Then, chapter 16, give us the details of the seven last plagues as a flash forward. And one of those plagues, Eli, is that uh, the one that took the mark of the beast will suffer. Yeah, got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. So
0: I wrote this before I ever heard of COVID, right? <laughs> so here it is. COVID is obviously one of the last plagues.
1: Yeah, and then uh, there will be some consequences for them because I oh. read that one of those uh, would you say messenger will pour out their bowels upon earth, and then the one that took the mark to beast will suffer gravely yes, so this is you can you can't you can ignore the truth, but you can't ignore the consequence of ignoring it
0: yes so
1: uh,
0: so so let me back here uh, because so we've had a lot of people getting skin lesions from various jabs because they're injecting uh You know, all kinds of poison, biopoison, you know, uh, chemicals into our bodies with their vaccines. So it's clearly telling us that vaccines are one of these deadly poisons that cause all kinds of problems for for people, right? And we've had this uh, problem with our blood, them injecting deadly poisons into our blood for decades, right? But they've perfected it in recent years with the, the COVID pandemic, right? And you know, it's amazing what they've been able to do with technology to uh, make our blood dead, okay? They're, they're giving us dead blood. What do you think these blood clots are?
1: Yeah, coagulated
0: old blood. Yes, it's dead blood, folks. Uh, so verse 3 dischi- describes people having dead blood. Here it is, folks. The clot shot.
1: It's here. Back and to I also you. get that the, that the nano, what I say, the nanographine is also making oh. the blood to, uh, to get those um, reactions. So also right. nano, the nanographine, It is a poison, and that is. I think that this um, you had a German, a German um, scientist. He described this nano. Um, there's nanoparticles razor blades that go through your blood. Yes, so that's why you have all of those. Uh, what do you say? All of those outlet that fall apart. Right. That fall. fall. Yes, Str- they are. Yeah. They have the razor blades go through their blood. I forgot his name. And the Kalka, I think. No, not Kalka. I don't remember his name right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, more and more scientists are coming out exposing what these clot shots do to people. You know, and of course the uh, the, the assembly of uh, a crystalline substance. Right, uh, given the nano shots, you know, uh, very similar. You know, if you have a crystalline substance with really sharp edges, they will cut through your veins and arteries, and you will have internal bleeding. That will lead to strokes and other problems. Right? You can see the you know the, the darkening of the skin where the blood is pooling under the skin. Right? This is what they're doing to us, Michael.
1: Dead blood. Yeah. And you uh, well, fell for it by very. Soft uh, blackmail. Oh, we build up a system. The first build up, build up a system where you have all this luxury. You have right. travel. You have all this fun, and then say, "Oh, well, you can't get it again until you take a shot." Oh, that was very soft blackmail. No, nothing was lost. You only ah, come on, that's a soft blackmail.
0: Right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's blackmail to get the shot. They threaten you with losing your job, losing your position, your uh, your pension. If you if you quit your job, you lose your pension too. So this is the blackmail that has been employed to
1: get people to take the shot,
0: right? Okay, but, please,
1: yeah, go ahead. And lo and behold, they haven't pointed a gun to your face. Nothing, they haven't, but they, but they comply.
0: Well, they thre- they have threatened to use that, but they haven't done that yet because too many people have taken the incentives, right? The incentivization that the methods they have employed to get people to comply you will comply you will obey if this is not tyranny what is
1: right uh, will not comply so yeah sorry never
0: yeah well those of us in identity won't comply but the vast majority of judeo christians and materialists around the world have complied because why? They are employees of the beast system, whether they realize it or not.
1: Okay? Yeah. They don't have any, any integrity.
0: Yeah. Well, their, their integrity has been stolen from them by the lies and by their own materialism. Right? Well, just look at all the people. Uh, here's another aspect of it, you know, which I didn't foresee when I wrote this, but uh, apps, telephone apps and making deposits and withdrawals from your bank with telephone apps, okay? Can you imagine how easily those can be hacked? Very easily. Very easily, right? And uh, I just read a report about Bank of America getting complaints from their customers that that their Zelle deposits and withdrawals are disappearing, money is di- disappearing out of their accounts with Zelle, that's a system that they use for you know, withdrawing and depositing money, so that system is hackable, I- I- you're extremely foolish to use such a system, okay, stay with cash, stay with checks and money orders until there's nothing else left besides gold and silver, Right? And hang on to that as long as you possibly can, because this system is designed to steal your wealth. That's what it's designed for,
1: okay? And And your life and soul.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean, they have become so sophisticated in ways to deprive us of our wealth. It's simply unbelievable. All right, okay, let's continue.
1: Yeah, thank you. For yeah. example, verses to describe the skin lesions of those who accept the mark of the beast, and it also said here, accept the mark yeah, of the that's
0: beast. That's right.
1: They can't force it.
0: No, they can't. No, they haven't so far. They've tried to force it, but they, so far they haven't needed to. But if somebody c- comes to my door saying you must get vaccinated, well, uh, I have a, a another injection waiting for them. Okay.
1: That's more. Right? Okay.
0: <laughs> Ted for that. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. If this a prophecy concerning the current fad of having RFID chips implanted under the skin, then it is compelling because it has already been demonstrated that these chips can cause cause uh, uh, can can serious lesions. Well, yes. we changed this one, produce uh, mRNA um, injections that are assembling um, a system inside of your body. In right. they are assembling these chips with, inside of you.
0: Yes. Right. So, uh, now, verse 4, uh, go ahead and read verse 4, uh, and, uh, and the rest of this paragraph, because given what has transpired since I wrote this, and the sophistication of the technology of how they can change our blood. It just makes total sense. But go ahead, finish the paragraph.
1: Verse 3 describes people having, quote, dead blood, end of quote, which I believe is a reference to vaccinations, which actually destroy our our immune system. Verses 4 says the quote, rivers and springs will turn to blood, end of quote. Yeah, rivers and spring. This could also be the blood, reference to the blood. Yes. The veins. Okay, uh, uh, I will continue. Yes. Uh, This could easily mean pre- and post-natal diseases, including diseases caused by vaccination, infants, autism, degenerative diseases, and childhood asthma would fall into this category of these diseases are related to toxicity and invasive medical treatment, such as vaccination, Verse 8 described a um, coronal mass injection, CME, a gigantic solar flare from the sun, which would uh, scorch the earth with fire. Uh, for the rest of the interpretation, see Revelation unfold.
0: Okay, so here we see that, uh, of course, rivers and springs have always been references to people in the book of Revelation. But here it could also be how blood is formed in our bodies. Right? That that's why I believe it's a reference to vaccinations, which will and have they not been destroying our immune systems.
1: Yeah, right. they are by injecting poison into the systems that the body can't really get rid of because yeah. I don't yeah, well, I also believe in miracles. If you in your deepest in your heart repent. May then maybe Yahweh can do something. But it said also do one that takes the mark of the it can't be saved. So Um, I don't know, but I still believe in miracles.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe if those people repent after taking the shot, but I found that most of the people who have taken the shot don't want to believe that they've been fooled, right? So uh, there's, uh, as uh, uh, Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled, right? They were yeah. die hard to believe. No, it's a good thing. The shot is a good thing. And they will go to their graves believing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. There might be an occasional person who's, oh, May, I made a mistake. Oh my God. I made a serious mistake, right? Maybe there's hope for them because, because let's put it this way. A lot of them took it under duress. Okay? And if you take the shot under duress, maybe for those people, they're more likely to say, oh, oh, I made a serious mistake. Maybe there's repentance for them. Okay? So, possibly. All right? And then, verse 8, uh, and there's more and more talk in, uh, you could go to YouTube about astronomers talking about, hey, the sun is acting up and there's potential coronal mass in- uh, ejections. Or that is a gigantic solar flare, and what will such a flare do besides scorching the earth with fire? It will knock out.
1: Yeah, go ahead. It will knock out, as I said, the electronical system, all the all the electricity, every car, everything will just be. Yeah,
0: gone. And, and what about those Tesla satellites?
1: <laughs> right. Oh. They go down from sky. They go down from... You
0: know, it will fall from the sky. So there will be all kinds of things falling from the sky once this coronal mass ejection takes place, right? It's going to scorch the earth with fire in various different ways. So, But look at California with the fires and now the flooding and you know, all over the world we're, we're seeing... Uh, Tsunamis and eruptions, and the eruptions on you know, Ma- Mauna Loa and Kilauea and various places on the earth, tremendous eruptions, fire, right? So, folks, if we're not in the tribulation period, I don't know when it will be, right? All right, please continue. So, where are we at? we got about 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, so the first three pages are things that we are going through right now. Why the solar fair is due according to some sound service in uh, 2012. Chapter 16 gives us the details of the last plagues in a flash-forward. Chapter, seven, chapter 17 then goes into a description of the great whore, Babylon the Great, the international banking and merchant cantile uh, uh, empire of the New World Order. All of the uh, seven last plages, the Battle of Armageddon, and the Judgment of the Great Whore will probably happen simultaneously in the very near future. We are presently seeing food riots, famine, and economic collapse as we speak.
0: Right? Food riots? Isn't that, isn't that what everybody's talking about these days?
1: Right? Uh, it, will come. it will come. Due to the prices <laughs> are increasing. I mean, here in Sweden, I mean, some as just a package of butter can cost now like eight dollars.
0: It's amazing, right? And the price of eggs is going up, right? Because of the number one, the uh, what's the uh, 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 injecting poisons into our food? They're injecting our food with with, uh, mRNA materials even before they go to market, right? Now, uh, forget about poisons, you know, uh, and uh, insecticides, they're injecting our food with this stuff. Right? So they're doing everything they possibly can to poison us and kill us with the food supply. So there's going to come a time, sooner than later, that you're just going to have to grow your own to avoid being poisoned by the food itself.
1: Yeah. Because they put this nano... nanoparticles (laughs) nanoparticles and <laughs> yeah. this nanographine into the food. That's I've right. I've seen some videos showing those people that drink liquid, you know, beers, spirits, as a liquor, they find the nanoparticles in it. Same right. in the drugs. So yeah. don't, don't buy anything from the pharmaceutical companies. They will poison right. you.
0: Yes. Uh, some guy did a video about, you know, products that claim to be fortified with iron, Right? Because we need iron in our bodies you know, for our blood, right? Because iron transports the oxygen in our red blood cells. But then he showed that these iron, that this fortified with iron are very large particles of iron that you can actually, you take a magnet and get these particles of iron out of your cornflakes. They're so large, right? This is not what Yahweh had in mind in, in terms of being fortified with iron. It has to be uh, uh, bio-iron, you know, delivered to your body through your food, right, through the plant food that you did eat, and, and maybe even, you know, some, uh, like, liver. Some people say that if you eat liver, you get iron from that, okay? But this is the biological way of getting fortified with iron, not the mechanical way that, you know, so the language on that box that says fortified with iron is very, very deceptive, Okay. So you can actually take a magnet and and get these iron deposits out of your food, out of your cornflakes Uh, box, right? Okay.
1: My comment on that is that I believe that is nanograffine that you find everywhere. Graffine is is put everywhere in the food also. They they put it in in sodas. They put it in Coca-Cola. So don't drink Coca-Cola Zero or anything else. They put it in it. Yeah. So they're poisoning also the food because they realize everybody doesn't take the shot, but we want to give them these nanoparticles, this nanographine in you.
0: Right. Yeah. And, so and, and, and
1: that's why yeah. we have to cook our own food because it's a bit better. Still, it is. But then, as you say, we need to get those self sufficient farms because yes. otherwise we will be poisoned by this.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point, Michael, because as we have reported on many occasions regarding these shots, graphene oxide is a magnetic version of carbon. So in the year 2000, the industry figured out a way to make carbon, the six-pointed carbon mon- molecule, because it's in the shape of a circle, a six-pointed circle, magnetic. They figured out a way to make that magnetic, and they're using that graphene oxide as the delivery system for all of these other poisons that they're injecting into our cells, okay? Wow. Wow, it, it takes your breath away to realize how much they are poisoning us in various different ways that they are poisoning us. It's incredible. Back to you, Michael.
1: Yes, thank you. I was commenting here that, they, that what they do, that they put this nanograph in, in, in everything now. So you yes. have to be very wary of what kind of where we get our right. food. Right. And a, be-
0: yeah, I, bu- I recently bought some canned soup. And it says, this product contains bioengineered products. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> bioengineered product. And virtually, you know, I was just trying to buy some canned soup. Because if I'm not really hungry, I'll just, you know, make a pot of soup. And virtually every can I looked at, had and this is Campbell's soup? Major brands. And they all say, this product contains bioengineered products. You're just going to have to make your own soup from now on, folks. Okay? <laughs> That's the way it's going to be. Back to you.
1: Yeah, we have to go back to doing our doing the stuff for ourselves. Because also, when we do the stuff for ourselves, for example, food, whatever you do, we bless it. We also bless it with our Holy Spirit. Yes.
0: Okay. Oh, oh yeah, you said they haven't put it in beer. Don't tell me that.
1: <laughs> yeah, do. And I've seen the videos too. That shows, the as uh, so I've seen it.
0: How about German beer with their Reinheitsgebot, their purity, uh, their, their purity uh, regulations? Do uh, you think they might be doing that to German beer too?
1: Yeah, the one I saw was Heineken.
0: Heineken, really? Heineken? Oh my God. Okay, they're going to do it to everything, folks. So you can't even get pure beer anymore, right? Okay. Back to you, Michael. Wow.
1: So, sorting out the languages. Note first that the subject of the first three verses of chapter 20 is the dragon, which is identified as the devil and Satan. This is not the same as the beast or the false prophet. The dragon is a spiritual entity which lives continuously throughout the entire book of Revelation. Narrative. While the eighth beast and false prophets are earthly institutions that developed during the latter days, while it is certainly true that Satan has his earthly representative, it must be remembered that Satan is a spiritual entity, not a banking syndicate or a a collection of religious uh, denominations. Yeah, that's
0: the devil, the, 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 Lucifer, the various names that uh, Yahweh gives it in, in all of Scripture, right? The, the devil, which is Satan, <laughs> we are told, right? All right, uh, please continue. We have about four minutes left.
1: I will. So uh, then, this let's continue in Revelation 20. Um, four. and I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And which had not worshipped that six beasts, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they they lived and reigned with Christ a yes. thousand years.
0: So this mark of the beast is not actually very new. They're just reinstituted in terms of a vaccination or an injection. Go ahead, read the next paragraph, which is fairly
1: short. Uh, Yes, and this is, The sixth beast was Rome, which had placed the mark of excommunication upon those who refused to do business with the beast. The papal Rome was the reigning beast during the Reformation, Verses 4 is describing the sixth beast and the Reformation. So the Protestant reformers, saints, lived during this long period, even though many of them were beheaded for their beliefs. It was these reformers who had the true Christian faith. Everyone else was spiritually dead. And also, as a commentator, received a mark upon their foreheads. Or in their hands. If you look, how do they find out if people having fake COVID passes now?
0: Right.
1: They scan for for the luciferates, and that will show up in the head, forehead, or in the arm.
0: Yes, yeah. So the important thing to consider here is that the Roman Catholic Church under the Holy Roman Empire had already developed uh, such a mark. But it was a mark of excommunication. So they could throw you out. And what would happen is, well, actually it's very similar today. Because if you were excommunicated in those days, unless you owned a farm and could live off the uh, produce of your own farm, you were cast out. You had no income. You were very likely to starve to death or just become a beggar. Well, it's the same thing that's happening today. Unless you take the Mark of the Beast from the Rothschilds, well, you're an outcast. Right? You become an outcast. So they had a a version of this Mark of the Beast running during the Holy Roman Empire, but now they have totally perfected it in our time. And so unless you understand who these eight beasts are and the fact that the, the Rothschilds, and the 8th beast are one and the same entity, you will not understand what's happening today. Right? You will not understand it. So I think this is a good place to stop because uh, we've really brought this up to date. It's our own time, which I could never have imagined any of this stuff happening when I wrote this, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But it's all coming to play right now. So, folks... Stay tuned to your folk radio, because we tell the news before it happens very often, right? Because we're gifted with the gift of prophecy. Prophecy, thanks, because we understand who is who, what's what. And as Brother Abraham says, know who you are and whose you are. If you're an Israelite, that's your Yahweh's. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening, everybody. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Take care, everybody.
1: God bless you all. Bye. Yeah, we bless. Bye-bye.